Northern Brewer is the proud sponsor of the Brewing Network's Jameel Show. They have the widest selection of domestic and imported malts and grain, hops from all over the world, and a full line of liquid and dry yeast. No matter what style of beer you're brewing, Northern Brewer has the ingredients you need, plus fast shipping and expert staff to help you make the best beer possible. Please visit northernbrewer.com for all things homebrew. P fired up. Jay Z. How's it, how's it going, brother? It's spectacular. Cool. Feeling good. Yeah. A little buzz off the beer we just drank, but uh, yeah, yeah, we I'm ready had, to do this. We had some uh, really good beers from uh, Nick, uh, listener, uh, and he, Nick Burton. Yeah, he brought those yeah. in uh, from Germany. Hand carried them, and uh, he wanted to thank you for the help with the wine and all that. Nice. And, uh, and uh, he stopped by my place. He brought uh, like four of his beers over, and we uh, uh, tried those. And he had four actually really good beers. Yeah, he's hooked. Uh, yeah, there's a couple of things he needed to tweak on those, but other than that, I thought they were uh, really good. Yeah, I was uh, uh, surprised. You know, a lot of times people, you know, Pretty out of four, beer. out of four, well, out of four <laughs> beers, usually, you know, and, you know, people have some clunkers, but uh, he had uh, four four good beers. Mm. Like one of the three I brought today. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, um, it's all right. No, well, you kind of you, you kind of surprised me. Yeah. You, you gave me a beer that wasn't like excellent. You know, yeah. a beer you brewed that wasn't excellent. So what am I supposed to do? I'm shocked. It, it happens. You know, it wasn't, it shouldn't, it wasn't though, flawless. <laughs> you know, what the hell's that? What the hell's up with that? I blame it on you. What are you trying to do to me? <laughs> You're trying to trick me with something. You know, yeah. it probably wasn't even your beer. Yeah. It probably wasn't, you know. I'm, it was I'm just surprised, yeah. you know, because usually whatever you give me is just like really, really good. I mean, there may need like little tweaks here or there, but you know, or debatable tweaks here or there. But uh, you know, I don't know. Everybody else really liked it. Yeah, that's okay. maybe it's something I had earlier. I don't no, know. No, no, no. I I pick up on something. You know, I, sometimes I, you know I shoot up before the show, and uh, <laughs> oh, sometimes that that affects my. Uh, my uh, taste judge. buds a little bit. Interesting. And aren't you a national judge too? That's great. <laughs> that's why you're doing so well. That's right. That's, yeah. You know, all the judges shoot up. I thought. Nice. Well, thanks, Nick, for the beer. I mean, that's great. Speaking of shooting up, you know, the show is brought to you by NorthernBrewer.com. There you go. <laughs> Hey, all right, NB. I'm just saying, because, yeah. like, you know, shopping with Northern Brewers, like, uh, you know, it's a real natural high. Yeah. Okay. I agree. <laughs> Maybe I'm reaching there. Everywhere you shop, it's right? It's a stretch. It's a stretch. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, uh, speaking of stretching. Yeah. I stretched out earlier. <laughs> yeah, we need to stretch before the show because, 
It's always uh, quite the physical event here in the studio. I did. I went like on a four mile jog. Wow! No wonder you're so fired up. You're yeah, you're like you're keen. That, that endorphin high is just makes yeah, you sharp. You're you're tense. Um, you're you like you got yeah. the you're like you're doing the the, the Simon cross- Cowell thing where you're <laughs> trying to make your biceps look bigger. Like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you looking at my biceps? No. <laughs> I'm just imagining things. Uh, anyways, uh, so since we did the last shows, both of us went to the NCHF. Yes, we did. That was really cool. Barely remember it, but I know it seems like it was so long ago. It's like two weeks, three weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. I I had a really great time. Oh, it was a blast. I really enjoyed it. I uh, drove the motorhome out there. I didn't get to see your motorhome. Oh, well, we didn't invite me, but that's okay. People were like, "Oh, where are you parked?" I told them, and they're like, "Oh, I'll come by," and nobody did. You know, <laughs> you know personal little corner in the <laughs> campsite. I was right in the middle. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. damn, smack dab in the middle, out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, but I had a really good time. Sean with his uh, his uh, beer dinner thing right. that was really good. Oh, that was delicious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I, I didn't get to try everything, but uh, you know, because I. D- d- yeah, I never. I, well, I never get get a time to uh, uh, be there on Fridays for the the dinner, and I figured by the time I got out there after work, it would already be over, so I didn't sign up. <laughs> so it was already sold out. And then Sean's like, "Oh yeah, come on by. I'll I'll get you in. I'll take care of you." Yeah. And uh, you know, I, I thought about that, and I felt like, ah, oh, no, that's kind of like, you know, I, I felt bad, so I didn't want to do that. But I did want to taste the dish he made with the uh, beer we brewed at the Twenty First Amendment. So I did, and it was really good. Which dish was that again? It was. It was. The, the it was a, like a stew. Uh, Ooh, I remember that. Yeah, stew. yeah, yeah, that was really, really good. I tell you what, stew up there in that climate when it's cold at night. It's, oh yeah, yeah. That is warm. Yeah, so. I just, I, I meant to savor the bowl of stew that they gave me, but mm-hmm. I just like hammered it down. <laughs> it was so good. Yeah, it was just first bite, and then I was just like, <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> more. It was really, really more, good. more. Yep, yep. The yep. duck was good too. I did not try that because oh. again I didn't pay, so off. I didn't. Yeah, you know, I didn't want to, you know. But I, I, I came down and I sat and, and chatted with everybody and you and yes. you and I. <laughs> I grabbed your butt. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I it happens. So maybe I had a couple to drink too. I do work out. So. But yeah, it was it was really good. <laughs> I, I had a great time at that. And then I uh, went to the GABF. You did not go. I know, which was very disappointing. I know I could have been there to support Mr. McDole, but yes, Mikey. Getting getting the uh, long shot, he his his beer is going to be in the long shot six pack for uh, two thousand and eight, and uh, fantastic beer. Thanks. Yeah, good stuff, Mike. And and what did I tell you? I I told him back in San Francisco when he won the local thing. I said, "All right, your beer is going to be in the six pack." He goes, oh well, you know. I'm like, "Come on, it's going to be." A-. I've been telling people for you just did that to get me to buy drinks. <laughs> Yeah, well, Probably. that's true, but uh, no, I've been telling people for uh, you know ever since then. I've been uh, you know saying, "Oh, Mike's going to be in there. Mike's going to be in there." And what did I say when? Uh, uh, Ron and I were sitting. There. Yeah, Ron was sitting there, Ron. and I said, "You two have won." Yeah. yeah. Well, we sort of went over our afterwards. Our, he's like, "Well, you had well, a, you had some inside information." We were talking about just competitions <laughs> in general. It became pretty clear that Rodney yeah. had won quite a few, and, yeah. uh, and I had as well. So you figured you're going to handicap it that way. Yeah. But we're exactly oversight of the over. I knew that the right. two of you were brewing great beer, <laughs> and that the chances of you know the other people are probably yeah. brewing some good beer too. But yeah, well, who who is this number know. one man? That was uh, Joe Formanek. So you had uh, yeah, you geez. and Joe, and me and him were there. So yeah. we had like a, 
or B men there beside us. That's right. So yeah. I, you know, I I knew that was going to happen. It's probably but the, that's going to that's going to be coming out in February. They're going to start uh, sending out uh, yeah. the long shot beers and six packs. And I tell you, this is going to be a great six pack. There's uh, Rod's Weizenbach, uh, right? Weizenbach and uh, Mike's uh, double IPA. They're two excellent beers. And have they announced what yeah, the, it's uh, the uh, grape ale? They from the, grape ale? Yeah, really? Yeah, I was a fan of the Weizen. What type of grape? <laughs> it's a pale ale with grape ale. ale. It's essentially a fruit beer. <laughs> it was. It, I'm sorry. It was the worst one of the yeah. I like three. I was, well, I'm not gonna comment. I'm yeah. gonna comment. Yeah, you, <laughs> you know? let it go, Jason. Yeah, what, no, I thought that there was a rye IPA and there was a Weizen. Yeah. And I I was taken with the Weizen, and then uh, but it's a Weizen with like uh, some citrus in it. Yeah, some orange. Well, I thought it was really well done. And but the guy who had the rye IPA, he said, "Look, he goes, I'm trying to fight the fruit beer." Because yeah. these other two are fruit beers, I want something that's not a fruit beer in the six pack, you know, for once. Mm. And that that convinced me because the, the rye IPA was really good too. Yeah. And uh, so, but I tell you, if it was the rye IPA or the Weizen, and you know the the well, Weizenbach and the and the double IPA, it would have been like one of the greatest six packs you could buy on the market. Yeah. Well, I think the grape ale will be. You know, it's not like obnoxiously grape or something like that. It's just a you know sort know. of a boring pale ale because of it. I think. It wasn't even a good pale ale. <laughs> well, that that's the pilot brew now. They're going. Yeah, the sponsors are lining up yeah, for this show, like, aren't they? Okay, abort, abort. <laughs> so the, the, the beer that's going to be distributed is going to be built or, or brewed in their uh, Cincinnati brewery, their 145 barrel system. Yeah. Well, I, oh, by the way, I think it's going to be the largest batch of double IP ever made. Oh, I imagine yeah. it is. That's yeah. historical, right there. Yeah. And I tasted I the one that, that beer, the, the one that they that they brewed already. Yeah. Uh, for for yeah. the awards ceremony, that was really good. Yeah, I thought that was, was excellent. They did a really great job. Yeah, that's that's fantastic. I mean, it's, it was different than your beer, of course, because yeah, sure. it's hard for the, you know to scale up like that. Right. Uh, they did a really good job. I thought it was a really good beer. Yeah, if they could I mean, put out something just like that, if they put out a six pack of that, I mean, I'd be <laughs> there. You go. <laughs> I'll be buying that and throwing four yeah. bottles away if I had to. But the Weizen's a good. Uh, I, we're definitely gonna like the Weizen. Yeah. The Weizenbach. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's great. Yeah. yeah, that's a that's a good one too. Yeah, and uh, usually I I buy. Uh, um, Aventinas for uh, like Halloween and stuff. I'll be going with that one instead. There you go. There you go. That's my new Halloween beer. Uh, but uh, yeah, you know. All right. So th- still four bottles, two Weizenbach, two of the double IPA. Still makes it worth buying the six pack, yeah. even if you you're going to feed the uh, great pale ale to somebody else. Well, just convince your wife that she, she she'll love that beer. So. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Good luck. I don't know. <laughs> I, it was not. No, I, uh, I I don't know how the it's chosen by a bunch of drunkards on the floor of the uh, JBF, yeah, right? Yeah, the uh, people of the JBF uh, chose it. Yeah, and then there's like a cute girl going, oh, I brewed this one. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. You <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, Winner. <laughs> <laughs> Sex sells. Yeah. <laughs> ah, well. We're going to have a uh, a Mike McDole day, I think, yeah? in like December. Is it we're going to buy a holiday or something? We're going to be. Um, <laughs> What's gonna we're going to buy a pallet of the... Of like 56 cases of this beer. Oh, yeah? Yeah, just pile it up in the center of the showroom and just have them standing there and be like, here you go. Cool. Yeah. Are you really? Dead. Hell yeah. <laughs> guys are off the charts. Right? Yeah. Mike's been on a victory tour since yeah. uh, <laughs> since the moment this he is, won. Uh, yeah, I walked in here. I figured everybody was still here from last night's show. Pretty much. He's <laughs> just he's on a victory tour. Yeah. <laughs> wow. 
Yeah, yeah, you know, sign me up for that party. Okay. Yeah, that sounds like a good time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. oh, you're not invited, you're Mike. Oh, no, I think I'll be taking a nap about that. As long, hey, Mike, as long as you bring beer, you can come. I always bring beer. <laughs> yes, I know. <laughs> as long as you bring beer, you can come. There's a, there'll be a pallet of beer, and yes. he'll still bring beer. I know. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll bring my version of that well, he's, beer there. So he's there at the uh, awards at the uh, the long shot. Yeah. He's like, yeah, I brought some beer. If any. <laughs> well, <laughs> like, yeah. well, we brewed 20 barrels, uh, you know. You might well, have brought well served this. No, I was able to do a side-by-side tasting right, right. with their uh, the Sam Adams Brewer. Yeah. Their beer and my beer. and. Uh, Mine was, well... Probably a little bit better. Better, too. clearer, uh, bigger mouthfeel. Yeah. But theirs is good beer. I mean, right. it was more right. like yours, Jamil. You know, sort of like <laughs> dried out too much. <laughs> no, no, wait a minute, Mike. <laughs> now, now, since you brought this up, who makes a better double IPA, uh, you geez, or me? What, hey, numbers don't count. Uh, wait, no, come uh, on, Mike. All right. Come on, Mike. You, uh, you do, yeah. Okay, and? Bullshit. <laughs> and if you had entered the long shot... This is all be about you, not me. I know. <laughs> it's, it's just the yeah. fact of life. I, I mean, I can't even argue it. Yeah. 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 Them's the facts right there. i got to get the door to the studio enlarged. <laughs> yeah, I know. Jamil's going to enter a fruit Too much beer. going on here, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll enter a grape pale ale. There you go. There you go. That's competitive. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, did you have a, a great time at the JABF? I had a real good time. Yeah, I had a lot of my homies there, you know, oh, yeah. and, uh, including the Brewing Network. And, yeah, uh, yeah. My two sons were there, and had a little bit of an entourage, and uh, all the hey, three people were there too. Sons were like I would imagine your sons would be. Really nice, very yeah, polite, pretty square, guys. laid back, right. good guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I I had a I had the most wonderful time there, and I spent most of my time signing books. <laughs> but yeah. didn't want to pay the two dollars. Yeah, at yeah. yeah. Uh, one point, I found myself sitting there signing books, and on my left is uh, Charlie Papazian, and on my right is John Palmer. <laughs> I'm sitting here going, how in the world am I sitting here signing books between these two? Whoever would have thought. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, back back when I was like, you know, firing up my Mr. Beer kit. Right. Pretty cool. Yeah. I was like, I need a picture of this. Come a long way in a short amount of time. Yeah. That was that was really... Uh, how long ago really was that, Jamil? When did you... Um Make your first batch of beer? Like, uh, 99. Yeah. It's not that long ago. Mr. Beer Kit in 98, and then, uh, I forgot about it till like June of 99, and then yeah. brewed it and was horrible. Yeah. Come a long ways, Jamil. Good work. I'm proud of you. <laughs> well, and they say it's not where you start from, but <laughs> where, you, where you start the journey, it's where you end up. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, you gotta, you gotta make all your, your, uh, Focus on where you're headed to and, and where you want to end up. So what's next? Are you going to like try the Papazian way, like ferment in outer space or something? Or <laughs> is that the Papazian way? He, he, outer he, space. He's hypothesized. He's thought about it. I mean, what would happen? Well, I think they just curious. they've done fermentation tests in outer space already. Uh, yeah, they've done some yeast work in outer space. I didn't know that. Never even. <laughs> there you go. Well, anyways, uh, from the GABF, uh, you know, the Brewing Network was there. You guys know that. And they did some shows, and that audio is available tonight, I think. They put it uh, up tonight. From the, on the site. Good shows. It's three different shows from us. And then soon, uh, also will be up the, uh, inside the Brewer Studio panels that Tom Daldorf did, which were four all-star panels of Brewers. It's all gonna be up on the site. So. Oh, cool. Out. 
Yeah, I'm I'm excited to listen to all that stuff. I didn't get a chance to uh, yeah. hear any of it. I was on the air for like five minutes. Yeah, five quick minutes. <laughs> and then uh, I was out of there. And then you know, most of the time I was either laying down because my back was killing me or uh, I was signing books or... Drinking beer? Yeah, drinking beer at the uh, Falling Rock. <laughs> yeah, that first night I got there, Wednesday night, I think I had like eight pints. And I actually didn't feel too bad. You're pretty cool when you're hammered. I, I, oh, he was fun that night. Yeah, he's gonna let's go. He was, he was in good shape. (laughs) (laughs) I felt fine. I I felt fine the next morning. I, you know, I I don't know uh, why. I I was focusing more on the lower alcohol beers. So, you know, anything you know above nine percent, I didn't try. Smart. (laughs) Yeah, a long weekend. Yeah, it's pacing myself. So. you know, I, I stuck towards the lower beers. We had to drink McDole's IPA later, probably, so. Yeah. You had to wait for that, that oh, yeah. pinnacle point. Yeah, well, you know, in the morning of the awards, like 10 o'clock in the morning, I had, like, several little plastic cups of uh, the uh, double IPA. And uh, I was, like, pretty buzzed by the time I left the awards. <laughs> IPA for breakfast. Yeah, yeah. Mm. All right, so we're going to be talking about Brown Porter tonight. Okay. There we go. <laughs> I brought a sample. I'm curious what you think later. So yeah, if, have, have you had a, a good brown porter? No. Well, just mine. Yeah. That I brewed. <laughs> <laughs> so by definition, it's good. It's good. I mean, it's have drinkable. you ever tried uh, Sam Smith's Taddy Porter? No. That's a good brown porter. That is probably the get that at Trader Joe's most classic example of the style. Yeah, Bevmo has it. Mm-hmm. And it's 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 brought over here quite a bit. And that's uh that's actually a, a pretty pretty darn good example of a of a brown porter. It's an it's an interesting style, brown porter. I mean, yeah, like yeah. It's, it's open to interpretation just by reading it. And I mean, uh, yeah, to a point. I mean, there's some crossing there, you know, with the mild open to interpretation. I don't know, really open. Uh, and once you have a few of the examples that are out there, mm-hmm. it's it's pretty clear what what they are. Okay, I think. You know, I think there's quite a bit of leeway, uh-huh. but uh, you know, there's there's certain key things that are, I think, part of the style. Is it definitely porter derived? I mean, did yeah, it's all in that kind of brown beer type of. Uh, you know, it's in between. You know, it's it's in that beer space that that's defined by uh, mild ale, Southern English brown, and robust porter. It's, so if you imagine those three kind of in a triangle. It's somewhere in between there. Brown Porter's right in the middle of that. Nice. That's a tough one. <laughs> do you, do you uh, want to go over the the, the characteristics of uh, Brown Porter? I, I could attempt to do so. I yeah, 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 yeah. Well, dive in, buddy. All right, here we go. I'll enjoy your uh, your sample of Brown Porter you brought with you. How, how about after I give a description, can you give me some feedback? Honest feedback. Just sure. Rip it. Just okay. Bring, bring it strong. Okay. All right. So the aroma in a brown porter, um, there's definitely some hints of roastiness, maybe some chocolate coming through. Um, there are also other aromas coming through, a bready and nutty, grainy, toffee, maybe some caramel uh, notes coming through in the nose. Um, the English hop is moderate to none. Um, esters, very minimal. And, of course, no diacetyl. And I... I think I'm just going to start saying no diacetyl for all beers, but 
you can correct me on that later. Visually, it should be light to dark brown um, with some ruby highlights if you hold it up to a light, clear. Um, head retention should be, you know, off-white to tan. Um, it's a session beer. You know, overall, the flavor is mildly roasty, malt character, hints of chocolate. It's obviously caramel and nutty and toffee in flavor. Um, no harsh roast astringency. You don't want it to just have that brutal, you know, black roasted astringency coming through. Uh, medium low hop flavor. Definitely malt, definitely a malt forward beer and balance. Well attenuated dry finish. Overall, it's an English dark ale. Um, low gravity. Lower than your robust porter. Um, more roast than a brown ale, like a southern English brown. And it's a perfect beer to drink, I think, for the fall weather. Because it visually just kind of fits in the fall, you know, you're in, it's a beer you want to drink a lot of. So I'm kind of curious what you think of um, my attempt at a brown porter here. So would you like to try right. some, Justin? Or? Yeah, brown porter is pretty much considered a uh, an English style of beer. And uh, all the English styles can have some diacetyl. Okay. A little bit of buttery character, you know, subtle amounts, especially when you're kind of getting a, uh, a caramel or a toffee or something like that. Mm-hmm. A little bit of diacetyl can actually be a good thing. Adds to the mouthfeel, especially on a lot of those lower-gravity English beers. Um, now, are these breweries that are brewing these beers trying to do that? Are they trying to get... It's just a character of their yeast and their process. Okay. You know, uh, some of them more so than others. Okay. On this, um, I think... <coughs> Is that good? I think... Um, <laughs> I don't think you're quite roasty enough. Really, it's a it's a delicate balancing act between you know robust porter, which is pretty pretty darn roasty, mm-hmm. and the the brown ale and the, and the mild. Mm-hmm. The brown ale and the mild. This is closer to maybe a northern English or a southern English. Hmm. I mean, it's a ten forty gravity on this. Finished uh-huh. out at 06. Uh-huh. Yeah, so that's good. Of- Dry. I think, uh, yeah, I think all that part. And I think you need a little bit more, um, I think it's missing some of the English esters mm-hmm. in the aroma. Mm-hmm. And, uh, there's a little bit in the flavor, but not, not quite what I would expect. I think it needs a little more, uh, uh, uh kind of a, you know, English fruitiness, uh, kind of character to it. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's pretty clean. Right. Well, it was not an English, English yeast. Oh, okay. What uh, yeast did you use? Bach yeast. Oh, okay. Well, that would explain. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's fermented hot. I, so, 58. yeah. I, and, you know, I get some fruitiness in the uh, in the flavor, mm-hmm. but not in the aroma, or at least the kind of fruitiness I'm looking for, that English yeast character. Mm-hmm. So I think you really got to use an English yeast for this. Okay. And I think it needs a, a touch more roast. A little bit more roast. Yeah. Because it's, it's I, you know, it's kind of right in there. If you have uh, Sam Smith's Taddy Porter... You see what I'm saying? There, there's a bit of roasty in there. Okay. Um, good beer, but I think uh, I think it, it needs those adjustments. What do you think, Mike? Well, I'm not I'm not an expert on the on the style, but I, I definitely I think it's a very clean, very drinkable beer. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I would uh, definitely have a couple of pints of this, and it's certainly in that uh, session beer range that I'd be looking for. Mm. So you were talking about the triangle earlier. It's definitely like in the English brown, southern English brown category. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's not really. Yeah, it's not the roast. It's, it's more kind of you know the northern English, um, more like a uh, Newcastle. 
Oh yeah. You know, in between a Newcastle and maybe a Southern or a Newcastle and uh but you, you see what I'm saying on the Newcastle? It's a mm-hmm. little darker than a Newcastle. But I think if you just darken it up a little bit more, maybe you'd be you'd be closer to a brown porter. Okay. So one of the things I found in that's critical in brown porter is actually brown malt. Yeah, they talk about that in the guidelines. Oh, yeah, yeah. got to use brown malt historically. I, I tried making it, you know, a bunch of different times until I used brown malt. It yeah. wasn't really right. Because huh. so I was trying to make, you know, uh, Sam Smith Taddy Porter. And uh, it, uh, I was actually uh, kind of surprised that uh, until I did that, it didn't seem... You know, it was such a huge difference. It was a small amount of brown brown malt, like you know, a pound in a five gallon batch, but it made a dramatic difference in the overall flavor. It adds a lot of background kind of roastiness. That's that's very important. Anyways, uh, when we come back from break, we will get into the recipe how you how you make this uh, bad boy, and I got a a nice recipe for brown porter. We'll be back right after this. Coming this fall. Four beer kits and a bag of sanitizer. That will be $4,000 for shipping. Never. I will pay more than 20 bucks for shipping. Ha, ha, ha. You will not find a deal like that now. Northern Brewers' flat rate shipping promotion is finished. No. I'll never pay that much. Never. My patience wears thin, young home brewer. You must pay too much for shipping. <laughs> never fear. Northern Brewers here. Foolish Northern Brewer. Your flat rate shipping promotion has ended. No, sir. Now we got $7.99 flat rate shipping all the time over here. Northern Brewer has all of your home brewing, wine, mead, cider, and soda making needs. And a complete line of award winning beer kits, including the intergalactically boozy Bourbon Barrel Porter. <laughs> Still with cheap ass shipping. Place an order at northernbrewer.com and get some flat rate $7.99 shipping action. Offer good and contiguous U.S. only. Some heavy and or bulky items are excluded, such as glass bottles, sacks of grain, bulk DME, and oak barrels. Take that guy. $7.99 flat rate shipping. Ah, my retina! Retina? Damn near killed ya. What have you gotten out of a vial of White Labs yeast? WLP 001, Cal Ale, baby! 23, Burton Ale. 008, East Coast Ale! Cal Common, WLP 810. It's gonna be WLP 400 with beer! I got a sweet hoodie for my vial. Huh? White Labs, your source for great brewer's yeast, would like to invite all homebrewers to join the White Labs Customer Club. Redeem your empty vials for great White Labs merchandise and products. Free yeast, glassware, t-shirts, baseball caps, sweatshirts, polo shirts, and you won't believe what you'll get for 5,000 vials. Members also receive a newsletter packed with White Labs updates and facts, interviews with professional brewers, brew-your-own-clone recipes, beercook.com recipes, and customer club stories. The White Labs Customer Club. Save your vials and get in the club. White Labs. It's all in the vial. Valley Brewing Company is Stockton's premier microbrewery and family restaurant in the heart of Stockton, California, just off the Miracle Mile. Brewmaster Steve Altamari crafts a full array of award-winning ales and specialty beers from their classic English Mild London Tavern Ale to their Abbey Quadruple Decadence 12, and everything in between. And the best part is, Valley Brewing will soon be distributing their handcrafted beers so you don't have to visit California to try them. Check your local retailer in the coming months for fresh arrivals from California's Central Valley and get a taste of one of California's oldest brewing traditions. To find out more about Valley Brewing's historic past, their selection of beers, or family-friendly restaurant, visit them online at valleybrew.com or come on by and sample the beer at 157 West Adams Street in Stockton, California. 
Valley Brewing Company. With honesty and integrity, they offer great beer and a fun family atmosphere that you're going to love. Now, back to the Jameel Show. All right, we're back. We're talking about brown porter. And I feel good. You know, I really feel good always coming here. Like, I look forward to this every month. That's serious. You seem a little worked up. I don't know. No, no. I think it's because I didn't like that first beer. That doesn't bother me at all. You sure? I'm going to drink it. Okay. Yeah, I, I think it's you a know, tasty beer, and I just had one. Yeah, I just, you know, I was fine, and I, I tell you, I've had uh, you know far worse at you know most brew pubs. <laughs> That's for sure. I'd be crushed if you lied to me. So the fact that you didn't, yeah, you know, I, I, you know, it's, yeah. see, McDole knows this. McDole can take it. I, I give well, him, that, I give him. Uh, that's our deal. I mean, I told you, yeah. a long, long time ago, too. I give it to him straight. Don't uh, you know? Gloss over it. Give me the straight bare facts, and I've gotten yeah. you know, some pretty. He's gotten kicked in the nuts a few beer. times. Oh yeah, too. definitely. You know, <laughs> I come up to him all proud and you know bubbly. Hey, check out this beer, and he rips you apart. Oh it's yeah, perfect. absolutely. Yeah, that's what you want. That knocks I, me down. I, I give him the the honest uh, feedback, yeah. and the only beer of his I didn't like. Don't strong scotch ale. Yep, yeah. exactly. You see, sweet. and, and you, yeah, I, you broke my heart on that one. Interesting. I haven't forgot. That did really well, by the way. Interesting thing is. You can pick out the one beer I didn't like. Now, see, John, you have the one beer I didn't like. Hey, it's okay. You see? And take solace in the fact that everybody else liked it. Well, what the hell do they know? <laughs> uh, let's see here. All right. So, uh, <laughs> uh, Porter. So, I, I was trying to uh, make kind of like a clone of uh, Sam Smith's Taddy Porter because uh, I, I tried all, all sorts of different things. I tried all sorts of different recipes. I tried different yeasts, I tried different temperatures, I tried different grain bills, I tried different base malts, and I could never really quite dial in the brown porter until, you know, I read something somewhere or I, you know, I, I came across brown malt. That was it. I came across brown malt uh, Go figure. at some place where I'd never seen it before. And so I bought like a big sack of brown malt and I'm like, okay, now what do I use this in? <laughs> I couldn't find anything to use it in. And I'm like, a brown. you know, oh. Brown porter. So I tried in brown porter. Sure enough. Now you don't want to use too much, but sure enough, it's like it makes that beer so much more like Sam Smith's Taddy Porter, hmm. uh, which is, I, I, I think, a great beer that, uh, you know, you really can't go without it. It's one of those, you know, odd components that's brown malt's kind of, it's got a, if you, if you chip a handful of brown malt, it's kind of a dry, slightly, you know, roasty, uh, malt, kind of, kind of toasty, kind of like almost like a burnt toast, but not quite that burnt, you right. know, where you'd pull it out and you go, well, it's more, that toast a little more dark than I wanted, but, oh, yeah, what the heck, I'm not going to make another piece of toast, <laughs> you know, versus the thing like caught on fire, that would be, you know, a piece of toast you'd toss and you start know. over. Yeah, start yeah. over, exactly. <laughs> So that's kind of the difference there. All right, so for brown porter, you're targeting that uh, kind of toasty, caramelly, slightly roasty space in between mild and uh, southern English, northern English, and robust porter. If you get too roasty, it's too much like a robust porter. If you're not roasty enough, it starts tending more towards, you know, the uh, 
the other three. Brown eels. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, uh, and then, uh, you know, body-wise and gravity-wise, you're kind of in between the uh, English brown ales, but not as low as, you know, a mile, not as high as a rope's porter. You know, again, it's kind of in that middle space. Same thing for hopping. So hmm. it may have, you know, more bittering and more hops than a mild, but it shouldn't have anywhere near what a robust porter would have. You know, it's again, it's kind of in the middle space there. Uh, for my recipe, uh, this is again for a six-gallon batch. And did you want to give your recipe for your your brown? Do you have it with you or no? Uh, let me think about it okay. later. I okay. Yeah. Uh, for my uh, recipe here, this is to make six gallons of wort at the end of the boil. Uh, you can have an original gravity of uh, 1052 or 12.8 Play-Doh. Uh, final gravity, we're going to target around uh, 1.013 or 3.3 Play-Doh. That's about a 74% uh, attenuation. IBUs, 27 IBUs, colors 24 SRM. That's going to give you uh, about 5.1% uh, alcohol by volume. And uh, let's see here. If you're an extract brewer, you're going to go with that English pale ale extract, liquid malt extract, uh, 6.8 pounds or 3.08 kilograms. If you're all grain, you're going to go with uh, uh, British pale ale malt. And I like the, the crisp uh, Maris Otter is mm. really, I think, a, a, a great base malt. I know you use that a lot. Uh, for breakfast, too. I think uh, McDowell used to eat a little, you know, sprinkle it in your Wheaties. <laughs> yeah. No, I make the uh, Firestone Walker uh, double barrel clone. So. Using, yeah. using That's that? That's my English beer. Yeah. That's yeah, it. Yeah. That's, okay. Wow, you do. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, so if you're all grain, you're going to use 9.5 pounds or 4.31 kilograms of that uh, British pale ale malt. If you can't get crisp, any high-quality uh, British pale ale malt, you know, it's this darker kiln that has more of that uh, biscuity background mm-hmm. that, that's so important in an English beer. Mash at 152 degrees uh, Fahrenheit or 67 degrees C till converted. And then uh, the other grains you're going to use brown malt, again, critical for this. So this the brown malt's going to have a color range around 60 to 70 Lovabon. Uh, I like to use a pound or 0.45 uh, kilograms. Uh, same amount of crystal malt, crystal 40, a pound or 0.45 kilograms of crystal 40. And then chocolate malt, to give it a bit of that roastiness. This you can dial up or down. This is, this is a tricky part right here. Now for me, using uh, chocolate malt, 350 degree Lovabond, 10 ounces or 284 grams. It's a lot. Yes. Yeah. Now this, this, this is just about right. It's, it, at 10 ounces, you're gonna end up just slightly roastier than a Sam Smith's Taddy Porter. But it ages. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And that's what I was thinking too. I'm like, gosh, should I dial that down a little mm-hmm. bit more? I'm like, no. Four months from now then? Yeah, a couple of months and, and a little of that roast drops out, you know, cause it, it gets that real fine powdery, uh, uh, malt constituent that's you know suspended in this this beer, mm-hmm. and once it it powders out onto the bottom of the bottle, you don't taste it as much anymore. Right. Yeah, you're absolutely right, John. Mm-hmm. So you know maybe you'd go down to nine ounces, but eight eight ounces I think is going to be too low. Right. Nine ounces might be a, now it just <laughs> depends on what your your malt supplier is. You may have to adjust this up and down. And this is the the critical dial on this beer, I think. You know, every beer has its own critical component right. where you... It's the thumbscrew. Yeah, exactly. It's, <laughs> there's one ingredient that you have to dial up or down to get it just right. Mm-hmm. And for this beer, that's it. 
on my uh, American brown ale, I have that's the uh, the chocomal is basically basically that. Now yeah. what I'll do uh-huh. is because I've had like it varies depending on you know sometimes the uh, the grind of the malt could be different or the roast could be slightly different on the chocolate. I'll I'll buy a pound of it for my tw- twelve gallon batch, but I'll add half in, into the mash and then I'll see how the color develops and mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I'll taste the mash and see you know I, I can taste you know how much chocolate's in there and I'll either add the rest or or not or some of it or whatever based on what I find. That's a good idea. And you can do that similar with this beer as well. Now, you're doing it by taste. Is that because yeah. grains are changing each well, year? Well, you know, or? obviously I'm tasting, yeah. uh, you know, un, unboiled, unfermented wort, but mm. it just goes into your, like, information cycle, right? Because, sure, and then two months later you drink the finished beer and you go, okay, you, know, you might make the connection and the next mm-hmm. time be able to adjust in flight. Yeah, make a that's a that's a good point. Make a mental note of yeah. you know, Mike does that also with like DME for his for the target gravity yeah, and all these things. Sure, yeah, all the ways. You just don't like make a recipe and then wait you know, and they go, Oh damn it didn't work. Comes out of the fermenter yeah. and go, Wait, wait, well this isn't what I expected. Yeah. No, yeah. you gotta like you make know, your tweaks while you're in drive process. Drive that baby home, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's, a good yeah. Tip. that's again that's a, a big point of the brewer makes the beer, you know. Yeah, it's point. you know, you can take any recipe but it's twenty percent of it a recipe. Yeah, the the brewer is a really critical part. Uh let's see, for hops Again, not a whole lot of hops. Uh, for, I use, uh, Fogels for the, for the bittering hop, uh, at 5% alpha acid. A 60 minute edition of 1.25 ounce and one and a quarter ounces, 35 grams. And then I like a, uh, a 10 minute edition of the same hop, Fogels, pellets, uh, 5% alpha acid, a half ounce, 14 grams at 10 minutes. Just to give a little bit of the hop character in there. Right. I noticed you have a little bit in, in your beer. It seemed, uh, like a nice little floral hop. Mm-hmm. The Fogels a little more earthy, a little more English kind of, mm-hmm. kind of a character to it. And, uh, uh that's kind of why I go with that. Uh, yeast, uh, for fermenting this bad boy, I go with, uh, uh, an English ale yeast, and I go with, uh, either White Labs WLP 013 London Ale or Y Yeast 1028 London Ale. If you're a dry yeast user, the Dan Star Nottingham is a, is a good choice. You want something a little more attenuative than the, uh, uh, you know, one of our other favorites, the WLP 002, the English right. ale. You know, you go with something that, sweet that attenuates a little bit more, right. a little drier, cause like you were saying, you definitely like, want to try like it. you were saying earlier. <laughs> Woo, microphone on a spin. Line mics. <laughs> like you were saying earlier, John, uh, and like your beer is, it needs to have kind of a dry finish. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it shouldn't be a sweet finish. Mm-hmm. It's a, you know, it's not a sweet beer. It's more of a drier beer. And so you want those a uh, little more attenuating, uh, uh, English yeast. Does yours dry? Is your, Recipe that you've given, does that finish out dry or? It finishes out fairly dry. Uh, you know, the brown malt and the chocolate malt, those are dry malts anyways. Okay. You know, you know, you know, they okay. only ferment a tiny bit anyways. Right. Um, and, and the crystal, it's, uh, you know, 10% uh, crystal 40, which, uh, leaves a little bit of sweetness, but, uh, balances the chocolate. Yeah. Thing, yeah. yeah. And there's yeah. quite a bit of roasty dryness in there. So, uh, and the brown malt adds a, a real dryness as well. Uh, if you're going to do, uh, liquid yeast, you need like two liquid yeast packs or, you know, make yourself, uh, an appropriate starter with one pack. You'd need, uh, you know, one pack of yeast, liquid pack of yeast and, uh, you know, two liter starter. If you've got a stir plate, you can get away with a one liter starter and, and one pack of yeast. That'll give you the equivalent of two. And, uh, for dry yeast, you're looking at about 10 grams. Two packs. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Get you, get you right in there. Hmm. And then carbonate the beer, you know, soft carbonation, one and a half to two volumes. 
Serve a little bit warm, 52 to 55 degrees Fahrenheit, 11 to 13 degrees C. That gets you right in there. You know, you want that that uh, yeast character to come out and the malt to come mm-hmm. out on that beer mm-hmm. and uh, kind of a, a mellow kind of uh, carbonation on that thing. Now, why did you use, was the Burton yeast? Uh, London. The London ale. London. Why mm-hmm. did you choose that over like a British or a European or a... Or you already said the English, but why mm-hmm. would why, what is it about that yeast that you choose? Well, I like that it, it gives a a, a good uh, English yeast character, uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, you know it's a, it attenuates a little bit more. Okay. So uh, you know the beer will finish a little drier. Okay. And uh, so I think that's a an important part of this beer. Now, does it contribute any diacetyl flavors that you? Yeah, you, uh, all I, the English yeast can give you some diacetyl. Okay. Uh, you know, it depends on how you treat uh, the beer. If you, um, you know, the funny thing is, if you pitch too much yeast, you can actually end up with diacetyl. Okay. Yeah, fair. Yeah. You know, if you pitch not enough yeast, you can end up with diacetyl. <laughs> if you pitch too warm, you can end up with diacetyl. You can pitch too cold, you can end up with diacetyl. There's a lot of little different, you know, on an ale yeast, you know, there's a lot of different things that uh, control the production of diacetyl in the beer. And you had mentioned about chocolate malts. Um, I mean, you're like, you know, 10 ounces is good, but nine, mm-hmm. maybe not too much. What about like water? I mm-hmm. mean, mm-hmm. how important is water with using dark malts in a beer like this? I mean, the sulfates and in, in the water, can it, can you get a harsh astringency if you have high, hard water? I mean, yeah. if softer the water, maybe you more astringency come through. I don't know. You tell right. me. Well, I mean, this is a it's a, it's a topic. Yeah, but. it's a balancing act of, yeah. of a whole bunch of different aspects. But assuming that the majority of people listening, eighty uh, percent of the, the the people listening have a moderately hard water, that's just like the fact of of the world, right? Okay. So for the majority of people out there, you can drink it. You know, they would just brew this and not not mess with uh, you know the mineral content of the. You just uh, maybe with some lactic acid or phosphoric acid to adjust your mash pH. Right. Or if you're extract brewing, you wouldn't worry about it at all, really. Okay. But uh, you know, so f- for the majority of people, they're you know they're right in there. It's it's, it's not an issue. Uh, if you have like super soft water, yeah, maybe you toss in uh, you know a quarter teaspoon of like uh, gypsum and a, you know a quarter teaspoon of chalk or something. Okay. And uh, you know just something to kind of uh, bring the water up a little bit. If you have super hard water, yeah, maybe you need to cut it with uh, some some distilled water. But most of those people that are in those extremes, right. They already know that, and they're already making some adjustments because their water is so extreme. <laughs> yeah. Right. You know, they or they brewed other things before. This isn't their first beer. Right. And they know that, uh, yeah, they need to use like 50% distilled, or they're making their water from scratch or whatever. Hmm. But, uh, you know, for the majority of people out there, this is going to brew up just fine with uh, the standard water that uh, 80% of the world's using. Um, what is entire in the guidelines? It's a... Uh, Entire? Entire, like right. source so, of blending. I mean, right, right. So what is, porters, I mean, porters long ago. Yeah. Uh, back when, you know, the publicans used to, uh, you know, they'd have like a mild beer. They'd have, uh, 
you know, a old beer, which is a beer that had been around and kind of gone sour, and they'd have like a pale beer, and so they have you know, like a couple of dark beers and a paler beer, and you know these, these, and people would come in, and they'd ask for blends of the different beers, mm-hmm. and uh, this this porter beer, they uh, you know they would have a it would be called entire, they would blend the three threads, the three different beers, right, into this one drink, okay. Right, and it was quite popular. So the entire crop of beer. Right, <laughs> right. So these three different, like the 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 fresher beer, the stale oh. beer, you know, the sour beer, and uh, you know the the highly, the the big sweet beer, the mild, and all these things. They would uh, blend these together to make you know the, the a really nice tasting beer. The problem was, it took them like you know forever to blend up these three beers because it wasn't like you know regular old pressurized faucets. They'd be like opening up the wooden. You know, kegs, yeah, the old barrels and stuff and pouring these and they have to mix these up on the fly and, you know, people might want different blends or whatever. So anyways, they, they would mix these three threads and it would be called entire or entire butt, right? And, uh, this one guy, he figured out a way to, he, he crafted a recipe that, uh, kind of mimicked this. And the, 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 the great thing was, it uh, didn't require all this blending. It was like the beer's already done. You just poured it. You served it. And there you go. Perfect. You know, saved a bunch of time. Yeah. Everybody's like, "Hey, great!" You yeah. know, uh, it was probably like cheaper to do because they didn't have to maintain three different beers. The labor, and it became very popular with, they say, you know, the laborers or the porters or you know, or the supporters that brought it or you know, the the, the actual story how it got the name Porter is not really uh, clear, but. Uh, so that's, that's how, uh, they, they kind of got rid of the three threads. The Porter was like the very first, uh, industrialized beer too. This mass, mass produced. produced. Oh, yeah. really? They, they started building these, uh, fermenters that would hold, you know, like, uh, you know, half million barrels or whatever they were. They were like, you know, giant buildings. <laughs> they would, uh, build these new vats. Uh, aging vats where the beer needed to be aged for a certain period of time to kind of sour up a little bit and right. things like that. It was a and, uh, and actually it's interesting how, uh, this actually keys back to Rodenbach and sour beers. But, uh, you know, they would have, uh, in these, these vats, they would have like dinner parties and stuff to celebrate the opening of the new vat. Nice. So these giant vats in, in London and, and, uh, at one point, uh, it's, it's reported that, uh, one of the vats burst open and reportedly killed like eight people <laughs> as it flooded the, the, the street and like, you know. It's a good death. Killed a bunch of people. Yeah. yeah. You know, that's how big this, and it's like one, one brewery was making something like, you know, a million barrels a year. Whoa. Or, you know, some, some ridiculous amount. And, uh, this is back, you know, this, so this was like the first industrialized brewing. And, uh, you know, that became the beer that everybody was drinking was Porter. Now, is that a result because of the lower gravity? Because it was more of a, it was uh, an easy well, session beer. I mean, like it was just, you know, maybe. I, I don't know what. Or just because it tastes so it, damn good and everybody yeah, wanted to drink it. Exactly. <laughs> Usually the <laughs> case. That was maybe, maybe more of the case. Huh. But, uh,. Yeah, the interesting on Rodenbach is uh, the uh, founder of Rodenbach, he was actually studying to be a brewer in England. And one of the things that uh, he, I may be getting the story wrong, but it's sort of like this, where he, he learned in England that, uh, you know, by aging the beer, they were able to charge more for the beer. Okay. By aging the beer, yeah, okay. they were they were charging more for aged beer than young beer. Lager, right, okay. Right. And it wasn't that; it was actually, and and the beers would sour up 
you know, eventually they get a little culture going in those, sure. those giant fats. So they couldn't clean them very well. They get a little, a uh, little bit of sourness to them. Without a flavor that, that so, they want. So, so what, well, and the Rodenbach, you know, he goes back and sets up this, this brewery. And sure enough, uh, you know, he, he figures, you know, aging the beer and having a little bit of sourness is an important part of it. And we have Rodenbach, Rodenbach Grand Cru to this day mm-hmm. and a blended beer. So he would age and sour his beer and it, the, uh, the uh, full soured one, and then they have a younger beer, and they blend it. That's Rodenbach. Okay. Okay, and the Grand Cru is the all-soured beer. Right. So okay. they've been doing that since, you know, way back in the 1800s. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so it's actually pretty cool. Wow. Anyway, so... Uh, I like you know, that, though. A lot of history in this. <laughs> there's, yeah, I'm fully useless knowledge. I tell my <laughs> wife that all the time. Or maybe she tells me. I'm not sure. Uh, anyways, so uh, we're going to take a short break, and when we come back, uh, we will talk about, uh, we'll probably take some, some questions, questions from the chat room or from the peanut gallery or what, what have you. We'll be back right after this. And you're back with the Ultimate Homebrewing Show where today's topic is dark beer. But first, let's go to the phones. Who are we talking to? Jamel. Jamel Zanisha. What can we do for you, Jamel? What were you guys saying about dark beer? All dark beer is really strong and bitter. You guys might want to look for a new source of brewing knowledge. We're using Poor Harold's Almanac 1947. You know of something better. Brewing Classic Styles by Jamil Zanishev and John Palmer. 80 award-winning recipes and how to brew them by the number one names in home brewing. Extract, partial mash, all grain. We cover it all. Reserve your copy today at the Brewing Network store. I will find one just for you. Visit thebrewingnetwork.com for more details on Brewing Classic Styles, the homebrew book of the year. So, do you cover Bach beer in there? You betcha. Because I've been saving all the sludge from my fermenter so I can make some real soon. Oh man, you really need this book. Order your copy today. Visit thebrewingnetwork.com, the official broadcaster of the Great American Beer Festival. If you like the prices you get from the major homebrew shops but live on the wrong coast, or if your local homebrew shop doesn't carry what you need, or if you just want to shop where you are appreciated as a customer and treated like a friend, head on over to the Do-It-Yourself Brewing Company at DIYBrewing.com. They have an extensive selection and are bringing new products in on a daily basis. In fact, if you need something they don't have, just let them know, and they'll get it for you as soon as humanly possible. Check out all their products, recipe kits, winemaking supplies, and specials at DIYBrewing.com. With everything from Ferminators to Carboys, DIY Brewing either has what you need or can get it fast. At DIY, they're homebrewers helping homebrewers get what you need. Visit them in Rollinsworth, New Hampshire. Call 603-205-4168. And stop by DIYBrewing.com and get brewing. And during the month of October, get $5 off any $50 or more order with coupon code BN. Do it yourself with a little help from DIY Brewing. Hi, I'm Sean O'Sullivan, the brewmaster and co-founder of the 21st Amendment Brewery and Restaurant in San Francisco. Six years ago, Nico Freccia and I opened the 21st Amendment on 2nd Street with the intent of bringing back the local neighborhood brew pub. Well, the neighborhood has really changed over the years, but the 21st Amendment still remains a great place for people to meet over a terrific meal and a tasty pint of beer. In the past, the only way you could enjoy the 21st Amendment's handcrafted beers was at the brew pub. Well, all that has changed. Now, the 21st Amendment beers are available in cans. That's right, cans. 
Cans. When was the last time you had a great beer in a can? Well, that day has come. We're offering our world-famous Watermelon Wheat and 21A IPA in cans. Cans are a better package than glass because cans keep the beer fresher, longer, but you can also take cans to places where bottles can't go, like the beach, lake, golf courses, and sporting events. So join us in the revolution to take back the can from the big breweries and crack open a cold 21A craft beer in a can. The 21st Amendment, 563 2nd Street in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park. Live. Beer Radio. The Brewing Network. The Brewcasters. If you're just starting, don't be discouraged by all this stuff. It's exactly. so easy. Just throw it yeah. together. Put yeah, some sugar and some water and some yeast in there. Yeah. Network. <laughs> <laughs> This is the Jameel Show. Hey, howdy, hey, we're back. Yeehaw. You know, at the GABF, uh, Push, Charlie, he came out. Good old Push. And I gave him just a load of crap. Just from day one, from minute one till the time you left, I gave him, I just, I rode him hard. You probably so appreciated that. Yeah, well, he seemed to have a smile on his face. <laughs> uh, but uh, I gave, I just gave him a hard time. I felt bad. He's a nice guy, but uh, talented dude. Oh, well, you know, and that's what I was wondering is how they get those really deep voices on, and they must be processing the daylights out of that oh, yeah. audio because, you know, he's just a little feller. <laughs> a little feller <laughs> with a, a lot feller. of balls. <laughs> Oh, he's a nice guy. <laughs> Here, I don't want to start giving him crap again. No, 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 no. Uh, but uh, no, I, I just, uh, I was very. <laughs> it's very. You wouldn't know it was him. him. Yeah. <laughs> he's probably ecstatic right now. <laughs> yes. Why do you keep turning off McDole's mic? Jesus Christ! What's the with you? Just That's McDole off. sitting over there. Breaks. It sounds like you're apologizing, Jamil. Come on, I, come, know, on come on, come on. I shouldn't. I shouldn't do that. Sorry, push. Why would I do that? Yeah. Why would I apologize to uh, to him? <laughs> no need. To. I've had pushes beer. It's very very good. I think he said two or three times. He goes, you know, you're a lot different than I imagined you'd be. <laughs> huh. Did he exaggerate? Can you share? Or okay. No, I I just think he didn't he didn't figure like me on being such a ball buster, but everybody <laughs> else knows I am. So I think he was surprised. Everyone else is used to it, right? Yeah, you are used to it, aren't much, you? Yeah, huh? Huh? Come on. Yeah, yeah, sure. Everybody say yes. Uh, yeah, 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 uh, yeah, 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 yes. yes. I guess I, okay. I guess I am. <laughs> That's all right. Yeah. Thank you, sir. May yeah. we have another? You want questions? Yeah, questions. Please. <laughs> a lot of people <laughs> in the chat thing. tonight. They're all <laughs> hanging out in there and having a good time. Uh, one of your listeners says that uh, he's going to do your robust porter recipe. He's going to pitch a y, uh, y yeast ESB cake. Um, from your Southern English brown recipe that he brewed. Uh-huh. And he wants to know your thoughts about how that might turn out, or I, what effect. I think that'll turn out just fine. I I think uh, in most of the yeasts, you know, they do have uh, different characters to them that will, uh, you know, pre- present more, uh, more malt or, you know, accentuate more hops or, you know, more fruitiness in this case. Because I usually do my robust porter as an American type of style. I use a, a 1056 or 
Cal Ale yeast in order to do the robust porter. And that uh, ESB cake is going to give you some English fruitiness. It's going to attenuate less than the Cal Ale yeast or the 1056 will. So, you know, it'll be fine as is, but, uh, you know, if you're going to do that on a regular basis, you might want to start tweaking the recipe, you know, make uh, back off a little bit on maybe some of the crystal malts, uh, change your mash temperature, you know, drop your mash temperature a degree or two, uh, different things like that in order to make sure that it's still a nice balanced beer. We were talking earlier, the, the four of us, uh, John and McDole and McChad and myself, and we, uh, we were talking about how, you know, balance is everything. We had this, the, the two beers that Nick brought us, uh, you know, one of them, you know, the, uh, was, was, was nice. It was a good beer, but, you know, when we got the second beer that uh, was a little bolder and it was a little more balanced with a little more hop and, you know, we really liked that beer. We we're all like, oh, you know, the first one was good, but this one's really good. Yeah, yeah. We were like, you know, we, you know, we would buy a case of that. Hmm. And, uh, it was all about balance. I think we were all saying. And, it's hard uh, to do. So it makes a big, di- big difference. So when you change yeast like that, you have to be, uh, you know, have some concern about uh, balance. Do you think he's pitching too much yeast using a cake? Well, yeah. If you you don't want to use the whole cake, you want to use a portion of it. Okay. You want to rinse out the uh, the crud out of that, and uh, you know, just use the right amount of yeast. So use the pitching rate calculator at uh, www.mrmalty.com. Get a plug in there. You know. <laughs> there you go. There you go. All right, couple Justin more turned off his own microphone now. He's, he's in trying a microphone to, turning off uh, mode tonight. Trying to keep everything clean in here. <laughs> couple questions about your English ale yeast use. Uh-huh. Uh, one question is just uh, simply why do you use it? And uh, kind of a follow up is uh, why you use English ale yeast in the brown porter but not in the robust porter and imperial stout. Ah, interesting question. Yeah. So y- you 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 could go m- with uh, an English ale yeast in those, but you know, Robust Porter and Russian Imperial Stout have really been taken over by the U.S. You know, it, it died out in England. You know, uh, well, Russian Imperial Stout still was going, but, you know, and, and it's really been popularized in the U.S. And when it got popularized in the U.S., it was with, you know, a clean pub yeast, you know, Cal Ale, 1056, you know, yeasts along those lines. And that's how I kind of grew up loving those styles and i think uh, a lot of people expect them to be that way so i i, I go with those yeasts. you could go ahead with the uh english ale yeast on those but um i don't like it and, and also on uh, bigger beers i like those cleaner yeasts because they don't uh you know there's you're going to get more fruitiness you're going to get more alcohol you don't need the you're going to get more residual sweetness because they're bigger beers like a Russian imperial stout. You don't need the English ale yeast to do that. Now, on the on the smaller beers, I actually like the English ale yeast because it leaves a little more residual sugar. It leaves uh, uh, you know a little more fruitiness, you know, all that character in there. So yeah, they're lighter beers looking for flavor, and the yeast add a lot of flavor to those beers. Yep, yep. So that's I think that's kind of my tendency. Mm-hmm. Smaller beers go English, bigger beers go. Uh, uh, the cleaner pub, American pubbies. Couple more questions. Can you substitute carafa for chocolate to stay away from getting uh, too much of that bitter bite? Uh, no. Yes. <laughs> All right. So it depends. I use the the White Labs answer. It there depends. Uh, the uh, the thing about carafa is when you say carafa, you got to be more specific. 
you're talking about carafa with the husk or carafa special, which is huskless. Okay, if you go with the huskless, it doesn't have enough of those roasty flavors to make it taste like chocolate malt. If you go with the regular craft, it has the husk and it tastes just like whatever chocolate malt you're you're targeting. So there's really no difference. So I wouldn't use the craft special because it's it's just not enough flavor there. If you want to control the amount of of uh, of that acrid nature, then use a, a lower Lovabond uh, highly kiln malt, a lower Lovabond chocolate, or you know cut back on the amounts or both. So chocolate malt, you can get chocolate malt that's uh, 300 love a bond. You can get chocolate malt that's 500 love a bond. It makes a big difference in the flavor. So you have to pay attention to that. Or, you know, substitute out half of, uh, with pale chocolate, which is what I do a lot of times. Does your percentages change at all between a 300L and a 500L chocolate? Uh, y- yeah, you'd have to mess with the, you know, with what you're trying to achieve, sure, but... Uh, Generally, if you're trying to just cut back on that that character, I would just go to a lover, lower level bond, keep the same amount. Okay. And, you know, that would be my first shot at it and see if that resolved the problem. Okay. Now they're asking about pale chocolate. Is that essentially a lower level bond? Yeah, 200 level bond uh, chocolate malt. Okay. Uh, would kettle caramelization um, give you a flavor similar to diacetyl, someone had asked? Well, and I found this in uh, doing Scottish ales. So when you're talking about kettle caramelization, that's um, where you know you run some high gravity wort into your kettle, uh, you know, half inch or an inch, and then you just like boil a snot out of it until it starts thickening up and caramelizing. And uh, you do that uh, to generate those flavors. The problem is, what I found in Scottish ales is that everybody said, "Oh, diacetyl, diacetyl, diacetyl." When actually it's more of a caramel toffee flavor, and uh, you know, I, you know, toffee I guess relates to butter quite, quite, you know, mm-hmm. nicely. But um, you know, there's no diacetyl in it, but that's what people would say. So, yeah, that that kettle caramelization can uh, cause people to say that, at least with certain malt bills, I think. Are you better off having an impression of diacetyl than actually having diacetyl? I think it doesn't really matter either way. Either you know, there's some people who just hate diacetyl and any trace sure. of it they think is a problem. And last question uh, from longtime listener Sean Haggerty, uh, Jamil, have you ever seen a grown man naked? <laughs> I look at myself in the mirror every night. <laughs> That's it from the chat room. It's <laughs> a good way to end it, huh? All right, cool. All right, so uh, for this recipe, uh, you know, starting gravity 1052, 27 IBUs, 24 SRM, you're going to use as an extract brewer uh, 6.8 pounds or 3.08 kilograms of an English pale ale liquid malt extract, or as an all-grain brewer, use 9.5 pounds or 4.31 kilograms of British pale ale malt mashed at 152 degrees Fahrenheit or 67 degrees C. For your other grains, you need a pound or four point or point four five kilograms of brown malt and uh, the same amount of crystal forty. Uh, chocolate malt, you're gonna use a three hundred fifty Lovabond chocolate malt, about ten ounces, two hundred eighty four grams. You might dial it down a little bit more, a little bit less, a little bit more, depending on you know what kind of chocolate malt you have. Again, this is three hundred fifty Lovabond, so this is kind of on the lower range of the, of the color. You might go to a three hundred Lovabond. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would be another adjustment you, you could make. Like we're talking, that's the dial. For hops, you're looking at five uh, percent alpha acid Fuggles in pellets, a sixty minute edition of one and a quarter ounce or thirty five grams, and a ten minute edition of a half ounce or fourteen grams. 
And your yeast is going to be White Labs WLP 013 London Ale or Y Yeast 1028 London Ale. If you're dry yeast user, Dan Star Nottingham. That should make you a good brown porter. Very much like uh, Sam Smith's Taddy Porter. And again, that brown malt is, is critical in that in that application. Good show. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Bruce, Bruce Strong. Thanks, thanks for coming on. Yeah. Up next. Up next, we're going to do uh, the American uh, light lager, the premium lager, the uh, uh, standard lager, light lager, all that. Hey, you know, don't tune out because there's a lot. There's going to be a lot of good information here on brewing lagers, and even if you don't want to do the American lights, and it's a tricky beer, so it's it's pretty cool. Cheers. Jamil Show has been a production of the Brewing Network. Please send questions for Jamil to Jamil at thebrewingnetwork.com. The Jamil Show airs live right here on the Brewing Network.